calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everyone welcome to another brand new episode of the geek <laughs> buddies <gasps> hey this is one of the things we probably should have talked about before we yeah, started probably. recording we're all worried about the rundown and who's doing what but maybe we should have addressed that as well well just <laughs> thank you <laughs> what i missed already <laughs> that's why kalowski is a great improv guy yes and the geek buddies <laughs> and <laughs> appreciate it sit there and just look at you go no, Whoops. I'm not going to say no, it. but no, but we're going to it. We're going to have a lot of fun here today talking about all the uh, geek news happening over the past week. As you notice there, Michael Vogel not joining us today. He is on vacation traveling to parts unknown to have fun with his friends, uh, his other friends, his other buddies. Uh, so uh, he will not be joining us today, nor will he be on the Loki review. But we have uh, uh, Laura Kelly stepping in for Mike Vogel. For the Loki review later on, so they get look forward to that as well with Emma Five and of course Shannon and me. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But today, uh, we're going to get into so many things. I'm one of your hosts. I am the outlaw, John Roca, uh, joined as always by this gentleman in the middle there. Hey, this is Shannon McClung. I am an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Silicon Valley, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
And sitting in as our special guest, one of the greatest Schmodown competitors ever, oh, a great pundit, stop. a great reviewer, uh, a guy who plays Call of Duty till 5 a.m. This is our brother, Mike Kalinowski. Mike, how are you, my man? God, again last night. Again, <laughs> I went to bed at 5.30 this morning. Shannon, Wow! Shannon is pissed yeah, because she didn't get to sleep last night too bad. I felt bad. I felt bad because I had a bad night with Call of Duty. Bad night. A lot of cheating. A lot of cheating. A lot of cheating. God almighty. <laughs> As one who has played video games with Mike Kalinowski, if you happen to see Shannon Barney's video on Instagram oh my and Twitter, God. I can verify that is 100% accurate. And that's 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 when he has played with his friends. Yeah. He yells and curses like that. I yeah. can only imagine what he does. <laughs> the other stuff that he does <laughs> to strangers. It's, it's embarrassing. I know it. It's embarrassing. It's an addiction. I'm not proud of it, but I won't stop. I nope. won't stop. So, Can't stop. Won't stop. I respect nope. that. Absolutely. I got to go out on a high note. When I, when I play, I got to leave on a good game, so I got to go out on a high note. Oh, <laughs> you're like it. that you're like that gambler who won't walk away from the table <laughs> my shannon family's up. lost their house <laughs> yeah. and everything but i can't walk away shannon show up with both babies in each arm honey uh, you gotta come home <laughs> take oh. honey take diet and coke home <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's perfect uh so we're gonna get to all of this thank you all so much for joining us whether you're watching us on uh the youtube on the outlaw nation channel which is what you're on now on youtube or listening to us on the geek buddies podcast feed we appreciate it. of course the geek buddies is a separate podcast feed so wherever you download podcasts just look up the geek buddies and subscribe leave a rating and leave a review we appreciate that the more of you that subscribe it allows us to kind of have a little cachet there's some negotiations going on behind the scenes where i might be moving this to another network and it could help on in that respect. So please do that. Uh, we, we'd appreciate it madly. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, thank you to all the people who've been on the train for this whole time. Thank you very much. For those of you who are new, this is how the show works. Each of us presents a geek news item, and then we talk about it. Then we take a little bit of a break, and we jump into a main topic. And our main topic today is going to be that Slave One controversy. And is it as big of a deal as people are making it out to be? So we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, Shannon, let's get into it. What's our first thing? Trailers, trailers, trailers. Yes. Another week, another batch of three trailers. Let's start with the one that was actually released last week, right after we recorded. This seems to happen a lot with us. Maybe yes. one day, maybe one day we'll, we'll catch on. Um, but yeah, we got the <laughs> second trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Another great look at this movie. We get some more, some more fantastical elements. Some more of those fantasy elements. We got a shot of what sure looked like a comics-accurate abomination taking on a sorcerer that really appears to be Wong. I do think Kevin yeah. Feige went ahead and confirmed that, yes, the abomination does take on Wong in some sort of some sort of fighting ring. Um, I am I've already been in for this movie since mm. since the, the, the first uh, the first trailer was released. A little bit more of a look at Tony Leung's uh, The Mandarin. Uh, everything about this trailer. I mean, I was already on board. But, gentlemen, what do we think? The second look at Shang-Chi. Kalinowski, take it away. Yeah. Uh, but you and I watched that together. We were doing a self-tape, and we threw it on there. Mm -hmm. And I had to say, um, like, pre the trailers, Shang-Chi Shang was one of the ones that this, this and Widow were the two of the four that were coming out this year that I was, like, really excited for. That first mm -hmm. trailer... Uh, I was not a fan of uh, too much, too much um, dumb comedy. That that whole 
um, uh, Aquafina character was like, okay, this is the, the, we're a good team on the end line. I was like, oh, not this. So if you notice this trailer, very little of that. Mm -hmm. There was, the comedy was gone. She had one little line in it. So maybe I wasn't in the minority. Maybe there was a lot of people that saw that and go, okay, this is, let's do a different trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, much more into the mysticism. Uh, we see kind of look, look, look like Fin Fang Foom underwater there. Maybe that's some yeah. kind of dream sequence. But this trailer was great. This was the one that was like, yeah, this is what I want. I know the comedy's still going to be in there. I know it's their thing. It's what they do. Uh, but a little bit less abrasiveness of what I felt in the first one, a little more story. And, and they're going for it. I mean, yeah. man, I, I, they're going into the mysticism, full bore. You know, 10 years ago, if they would have done this movie, I think they would have tempered, uh, tempered it back a bit and, and just teased stuff. And this, and they're going full on, you know, it looks like Crutch and Tiger Hidden Dragon in certain parts with all those, the yeah. flower gardens and all that. So, yeah, that was great. Johnny. Yeah, I agree, with, I agree with what Michael said. Absolutely. I, I like uh, the fact that we kind of showed another aspect of this movie. Yeah, they, they leaned on the comedy because that's what Marvel does, and they do it well most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time they do it really well. Uh, and so I was uh, wondering what the second trailer was going to show us, and certainly we got more, as Michael said, about more of the fights, but also we got more of uh, the interaction between his dad and Shang-Chi, which I think is great, more Tony Leung, as you said, uh, is a lot of people speculating he is the Mandarin. So that look between you better watch what you say to me, boy. I mean, that's a moment. I think we've all had that moment with our fathers at some point. We've all had that snap reaction. And dad's like, oh, you keep pushing. You keep pushing. So we've had that moment. So that's relatable. A little more with Michelle Yao, which I think was great getting more with her. So there's going to be some very interesting um, uh, relationships here that are explored in the movie and some emotional depths that are that are uh, plumbed here to try to figure out what this is all about and connected. And well, yeah, we're still going to have the comedy, but I mean, the fact that this is going to be very much about fighting, very much about father, father, son, father, mother, uh, sorry, uh, son, mother uh, uh, relationships. I think this is going to be very, very interesting uh, overall. And I like this trailer a lot. And yeah, seeing Fing Fang Foom was great. And Mike, I didn't even think about it being a dream sequence. That makes so much sense. Uh, it just seemed, you know. Yeah, Chan and I were talking like, hmm. I don't know if he will appear in the like in, proper, you know, in there. But that right. would seem like he's underwater and it just seemed like a dream. Could be completely wrong. Could be right, completely right. wrong. But that's what it seemed like. But it yeah. seems like he is playing heavily into the Ten Rings. And Chan, I think you were the one that told me because the rings are so large, they think that they were on his claws at one point. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant if, if that's the case. And, and I'm sure it plays into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let me ask you guys this because stuff is great too. Yeah. yeah, that was so weird. I mean, who knows how it'll tie in, but it, that's abomination. Yeah. And he, Feige, like you said, McClung confirmed it, I think, yesterday or today. And Wong. So, yeah. Uh, what do you guys feel? Because I, I don't know if we were talking. What are your thoughts on his costume? Shang Chi's yeah, costume? Yeah. Okay. I, I just, it's so bland to me. Like I seen the comics, okay. he's always like either sleeveless and he's got green, red, and black and a lot more. It just seems like a weird, like, Maybe they'll explain it in the movie. You know, it just seems like, well, it's not a gi per se. And it's not, right. it's such a weird costume as a character anyway. Like, why would a martial artist have a costume? You know, well, and, and see, and I don't think it's, I don't think of it as a costume. I literally think like this is, this is, um, this is more of a uniform. Like, this is mm. probably something that his, his father had set aside for him. Like, when you take your, when yeah, you and take that's, your place by my side, this, right, is, right. this is what you wear right. to conquer. And it just seemed like a, it's a very bland kind of, t-shirt and black pants as opposed if it is something you are going to be leading the people or leading this our group the 10 rings a little more a little more ornamental ornamental and i don't know it's nitpicky i know and i'll get destroyed for it but 
I'm a big costume well, guy. I love the costumes. You and I've seen a lot of stuff talk about the costume in this. Where it's just like, this is your, what you're giving him. He said so much better design than the comics. And Marvel is so good at adapting the comics, which you would think is ridiculous in the comics yeah. to live action. They do that, I think, better with almost than any superhero uh, genre of uh, superhero franchise. They nail the costumes. And this one is a little, but you know, maybe it's a starting costume. You get something bigger at the end. Who knows? Uh, I mean, well, because I wasn't a big Shang-Chi reader, um, yeah. like the, 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 the choice to put him in that red outfit, I, I, it didn't bother me at all, but also this is clearly something that he's not going to be wearing more than likely until the third act. Yeah, and right. whatever we get for Shang Chi too, my guess is that we'll, there will probably oh, be a redesign him. because yeah. they want to sell a different toy. Yeah, a, a more free flowing design. You're and right that, I guess that's what I say. Like on the toy shelves, when I walk by, it just is very bland. The packaging's red. His suit is red. It's it's a mm. two tone. Hey, I'm going off topic, and it's a nitpicky. No, it's, it's but this is the but... two of you, and I could talk about this stuff too. Exactly. I can't talk yeah, about you... this to Shannon. <laughs> she's listening well, okay it's a cool she's movie. probably sleeping it's, but with the mysticism <laughs> with the mysticism issue connected this galowski uh there is a member that scarlet witch has the same kind of colors in that new outfit she was wearing near the end of the show mm -hmm. as she came down that kind of red with the black combo the flowing you know uh jacket mm -hmm. and you've got a little bit with shang chi so maybe there is a kind of uniform approach to how they're having these heroes look who are uh, who are connected to the mystic side of things so hey. maybe that's an approach they're having but i take your point uh certainly but uh, it may be that that's the approach and i'm sure it'll change sure. just like captain america's costume changes. oh yeah every uh, every uh, movie i'm sure yeah. it'll change as well for sure yeah all right well shang chi is coming out september 3rd did you have anything else john no no i was just handing it back to you man uh, yeah, Shang-Chi's coming out September 3rd. Our next trailer is for something, a new series from Apple Apple TV+, Plus, which I saw this trailer and I was delighted. It is called Schmigadoon. It is a musical comedy starring Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. It's uh, The writers are actually some guys that have done, written a lot of animation, actually. Um, so if any of our readers are not big old school Broadway people, there was a show called Brigadoon that came out a long time ago that was about this sort of magical town that these two hikers ended up finding. And it only appeared like once every hundred years. So uh, the comedic take on this, anytime you add schma to a title, it's clearly a joke. <laughs> but this looks like Apple's uh, first foray into musical comedy. And... You know, musicals, those are they are not cheap to make just no. because there are so many aspects to that production. I watched this trailer. I thought it was hilarious. I think my cohorts might have a different opinion than mine. <laughs> so, John, <laughs> yeah. since we actually texted about this, yes. why, don't, why don't we have you start? <laughs> well, look, you, 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 if it's a musical, I'm kind of half in to see if it's any good. And you look at this thing, Schmigadoon, there it is. I mean, you got Keegan-Michael Key and Cicely, uh, is, uh, sorry, uh, Cicely Definitely. Strong. Cecily Strong, right? They're both fantastic, obviously. I love her at SNL. I mean, her if that was her going out uh, uh, thing, which she did the other day, then God love her. That was fantastic. But so you look at the situation, you see them there, and I'm a fan of Brigadoon. That's Gene Kelly, Sid Charisse. Uh, Van Johnson in that film, and you know they discover this uh, this city that only exists every what seventy years or something like that, something and only like that. one day passes every time the city reappears in Scotland, and so um, that's great musical. So this idea that they're walking into this only fantastical world, you've got. Kristen Chenoweth, you've got Alan Cumm, you've got so many people from the musical theater world who have experience with this kind of decorating this world. 
My fear is this is going to be a, a 150 foot fall off a tightrope, or it's going to be really, really funny. So that's 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 what I'm hoping for the funny part because I love both of these actors and everybody involved in this, and I'd love to see a funny musical. But I have a horrible fear because Apple doesn't have the greatest track record with their original content. Certainly, people love Ted Lasso. There are people who def- defend the morning show, but you know, Lysy's story didn't really catch on with a lot of people. Defending Jacob was reviewed well, but nobody watched it. And C, you can go back and forth on, but Orphan has been good. So it's just like, oh, it's just it's just an interesting mixed bag with Apple. And I'm in the middle of watching Physical now, and I I like it, but it's super dark. So I, I don't think it's made for the you know mainstream public. So what did you think uh, uh, about this, Kalinowski? Ah. Uh... Not my cup of tea. I'll just say that. Um, John, I don't know if you – you might have been gone. But FSU, we did Brigadoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That I was might like, have been like, gone. I don't Like remember, right when yeah. I was in, in the height of theater over there with Brigadoon. Okay. And, you know, I didn't like it then. And, you know, I'm not a musical <laughs> guy. I'm not a musical guy. Um, right. You know, it's just not my my thing. Uh, but the talent involved, it looked fun. The trailer was very funny. Yes. Like, like, you know, like Shan said, Schmigadoon. It, it's just, it's, it, it knows exactly what it is. The girl, the lead, was she Rain Wilson's date at a wedding in the office? Was that her? Was that the no, episode? No, that's a, that's a, di- that's a different actress. Oh, okay. Was she in the office, that girl? Not that I recall. The, the you actress sure you're talking about, I'm, no, her name is Kellen Coleman. That's okay. who, that's, that's, mm. that was Dwight's, the, uh, the bridesmaid that played. That's what I thought. Up. I was like, oh, that, no, but then, yeah, SNL, you said SNL. I was like, oh, that's what, yeah, she does the weekend update. She yeah. guest appears on that a lot as a really good character. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll check this out. Okay. It's so funny. Yeah. I see you guys and you're, you know, especially John, like yeah. and people you run with, like how much you guys watch. Oh, yeah. How the hell do you have time? Like I pick and choose. <laughs> like I, I still haven't watched Loki yet. Loki's oh gonna be God, Loki's gonna be a six episode binge for me. I'm like at this point, I'm like, oh, I'll binge that. <laughs> it's just so not enough time in the day for all the yeah. stuff. And you guys are like I've got, I got this, I got this, I covered this. I'm like, how do you yeah. do it? And later how, on, we got how the, do you <laughs> do it? It helps to have an understanding girlfriend. I tell you that right now, because I bet you could have time if you were if you were staying up till five thirty watching the movies instead of Call of Duty. <laughs> I played eight I hours last night. That's what I'm saying. I played eight that's hours three movies. Last that's night. at least three movies. I know. I know. That's three movies. That's also a work day that <laughs> you <laughs> devoted true. to a video. And I didn't get paid, McClung. That's why I need to do this Twitch. I need to do these morons do it the Twitch get, and sit there and get yeah. thousands of dollars and pay my rent by just playing video games all day. I'm telling you, there's a possibility there. That's I'm going to do I, a I'm, Twitch in an OnlyFans channel. You watch, boys. <laughs> Shirtless Call of Duty. That's Here's what be. I would do for the Shang-Chi uniform. <laughs> yeah, here it is. <laughs> Bare-chested as God intended. Bare-chested with a dragon drawn on my chest. Sean <laughs> uh, Hello. Uh, what did you think, Shannon? Did you like the trailer? I did, man. I thought it was funny. I think Kristen mm. Chenoweth is hilarious. Oh I love God. seeing Alan Cumming in, this t- in that type of role, sort of like the mayor. Um, I think it's going to be a blast. I certainly... Um, uh, can recognize where you're coming from, though. A production, uh, a, a a a riff musical comedy. There are plenty of ways that yeah. this could this could go off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and even if it does, it could still be massively entertaining. Either yeah. way, like I'm definitely True. gonna watch it. Like, and if I may, since he's not here, I'm going to give Michael Vogel's uh, <laughs> opinion of this trailer. <laughs> oh my God, Schmigadoon! When can I move there? Like. That's his tweet. It'll be today. Is like Schmigadoon, your new resident Michael Vogel is moving in. <laughs> I know, him, and that's what he's gonna do. You know it. 
You're laughing because oh. it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not And then he's like, is it, is it wrong of me that I'm walking my dog uh. singing Schmigadoon all day and the neighbors are tipping their caps to me? <laughs> I feel like I'm in Schmigadoon. Yeah, I, 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 I worry about some of his tweets. I agree with you. He lives in a fantastical world of West oh, Hollywood. Oh, he lives in Schmigadoon. I've, I've lived in West Hollywood. That, that does not happen in West he, Hollywood. He's just like walking my dog, about. walking my dog. Hi, neighbor. Hello, neighbor. Got my cup of Java. <laughs> Everything's fine in Bogle uh, land. <laughs> Wherever he is in his travels, he just felt a disturbance in the yeah, floor. He knows. <laughs> he knows our phone's going to be blown so up in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and one last thing: uh, the people who created this, uh, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, directs all six episodes. Oh, okay. So you got a little, uh, you know, uh, man. In you Black had vibe. my curiosity, yeah, but yeah. now you have my attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two creators here are Ken Downo and Cinco Paul, and they've both worked on the Despicable Me stuff, Horton Hears a Who, The Lorax, um, and so they've done some A Secret Life of Pets as well. So they've done some, and there are a lot of animated stuff. So they're bringing that kind of maybe point of view or approach to it. And the director, uh, what's his, uh, one of these guys who created is Ken Dario. He also did a bunch of Blink 182 music videos. So hmm. it's an interesting uh, combination of talent to make this uh, show there, uh, Shannon and Mike. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at the trailer and think that the guy who directed Pushing Daisies directed this. It's like, oh, that, yeah. makes, that makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> and Schmigadoon will be dropping first, I think it's the first two episodes on Apple Plus TV, uh, July 16th. And now to our last trailer, which was yeah. just released yesterday. Uh, the Sopranos prequel, The Many mm. Saints of Newark. So this is actually directed by uh, Alan Taylor of mm -hmm. Thor The Dark World fame, which, you know, John and I are certainly fans of. Yeah, I know not everyone, not everyone loves that, that, that chapter uh, in the Thor franchise. Terminator Genesis fame as well. Uh, well, there's yeah. that. But he's also done, he, he did a ton of uh, episodes for The Sopranos. He, he did a bunch yes. of Game of Thrones. Um, <clears throat> the whole I, concept behind this is this, is this is Anthony Soprano. This is him as, as a teenager, him sort of being indoctrinated into this world of organized crime. Um, this trailer, I was 100% on board. The fact that, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I just uh, just Rinsdorf? dropped his name. Uh, no, Gandolfini. Gandolfini, Michael? yeah, Michael yeah. Gandolfini, his son, uh -huh. is playing the role. I mean, Gandolfini is one of those guys that you see, it's like, okay, they're never going to find a lookalike for you. You just, right, you just right. have such a specific look. And then you see, his, you see his child. It's like, oh, okay, there it is. That's the one. Um, this looks incredibly impressive to me, but what do you gentlemen, think there, Shannon, look at that. What do you think? It's oh my gosh, that that is one hundred. Like, if you ever wondered yeah. what Gandolfino looked like with hair, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he is a one for one. I mean, and yeah. this is a really really impressive cast. I mean, Corey Stoll playing young young Uncle Junior. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ray Liotta pops up in this. Vera Farmiga as uh, as uh, uh, Mama Soprano. I mean, yeah. the, the trailer absolutely checked all the boxes for me. The Sopranos is something that I came to during quarantine. So wow. a lot of these characters, I know I had never, I had never watched it. What? I mean, I had, I had heard it was good. Wow. It was just one of those things that it had, it had finished. I heard about the controversial, controversial finale. I just, yeah. I just never made it. And so when you suddenly had all this time, I mean, and I blazed through it. It was fantastic. But okay. what did you gentlemen think? Why don't we go back to Kalinowski? The Many Saints of Newark. What'd you think? Um, I'm not a Sopranos guy, I'm oh. a fan. Uh, I have tried. I did try to watch it. And I just. I, 
I guess maybe for me, when it comes to mob stuff, I like the more glamorized, like Casino, mm -hmm. Goodfellas. You know, I, I grew up with that stuff. Like, they're... I don't want to say they... To, I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone when my comments that like, I don't like to do, you know I me, mean? I like to remind, make sure everyone's not upset. Uh, it, it just seemed like it, it always felt like put on like, like, and I know he was good in the role, but he did this one. Like for me, it's like, and I'm a half Italian. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of things in life. I in geek world. I can't talk about cause I don't, you know, this is a little box that I do fit into. I knew, I know these characters growing up. Like mm -hmm. I, I knew these are my aunts and uncles. I knew this kind of world. Um, when James Gandolfini, he did one scene uh, with Edie, Fa it's Edie Falco, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was like, there's like, and we, we came over in the boats and we took this and we did this and we, we got our piece of it. And it's, it's like, well, okay, settle down. Like that whole Italian mob, like we did this and we did, we, we, we put the blood in the hands and they didn't do anything. We took it, we got it, we did it, this and do this and this. And I'm like, okay, all right, settle down, settle down. You own the pizza shop on the corner there. All right. And you're, you know, nickel and diamond, every business in the street. Uh, I'm not a fan of the mob. I don't. I'm not a, a fan of the mob. Um, does that make any sense? I don't know. Like yes, it does. the whole yeah. thing of the mob. I, I I'm just like you. You 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 made your fortune stealing from other people and bullying right. other people. I'm I'm not a fan of the mob. I'm, I'm more of an I'm more an Elliot Ness character. I like Elliot yeah. Ness. <laughs> so, so musicals, mafia, anything yeah. that starts with an M, not your cup of tea. Not your cup of tea. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Johnny. But, like, but it yeah. looks brilliant. And that, the acting in the show is phenomenal. Like it yeah, really yeah. was. Every yeah. single time I'd watch it. Like uh is Polly Walnuts, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul. Like that guy, I could watch him for days. Like I yeah. there was a clip of the best Polly Walnuts moments. Like like that stuff I love, but yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. <laughs> Just not for me. That's life. Uh, understood. That's life. Understood. Yeah. Johnny? Um, yeah, I, I I tell you this. I went into this thing and I was when I first heard about it, I was like, I'm not. This is don't give me a prequel. It gave me Entourage the movie vibes. Like we moved <laughs> yeah. past this and they were not going back. And I was worried. I really was because I'm like, well, who's gonna embody a young James Gandolfini? He was such a unique energy on this planet, a unique actor in this world. How are you gonna embody this? Oh, you get his son. Damn. Damn. And then I was like, okay, maybe. Has he acted before? No. All right. And he's then never acted this, before? I know. He's got no, not a lot of experience acting at all. Okay, and you look at this, hey. it starts to give me Paul Walker, his brother, standing in for him vibe. So I was a little uh, worried. You know, okay. I was a little worried. But then I saw the trailer. I did a trailer reaction actually for it. When I saw the trailer, I was like, I'll do one, see if I like it or don't like it. And I actually liked it. I was afraid it was going to be like, and please don't get mad at me. I'm afraid it was going to be like a Lionsgate movie where they did a modicum of money and they hired like, you know, a bunch of low level actors to be part of this thing. No, they brought in a fucking great cast. Uh, Alessandro Nivola has always been flying under the radar for a lot always. of people. He's a fantastic actor and he never gets his just due. And never. he shows up in the weirdest places like Face Off, Jurassic Park 3. You just never know where he's going to show up. It, but he's like a mature actor now. He's older now. And he looks fantastic in the role. I like I like the look of Michael Gandolfini. We don't see him act too much, so we'll see that down the road. But having Corey stolen there is a great foundational thing. Vera Farmiga. I mean, her scoff when they when the school counselor says, you know, Anthony's a leader. <clears throat> like that's just perfect to let you know this woman has been killing this dude's self esteem since day one. Uh, and then you throw in Ray Liotta and his presence, and you throw in John Bernthal. And you throw in the fact that Billy Magnuson is going to be playing Polly Walnuts, a young Polly Walnuts. And Silvio is going to be in this. So to me now, after this trailer, 
I'm more excited to see the movie, certainly, than I was before. So shout out to Alan Taylor, uh, who did also do, yeah, who did, you know, who did a bunch of Game of Thrones episodes that are good, as you mentioned, Shannon, and a bunch of Sopranos episodes. So he knows this world. So hopefully he's going to bring out the best in this movie. All right. Well, well, is, now, real quick, Isaac, because I don't know yeah. this. Is David Chase involved in this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, exactly. he, co-wrote, he co-wrote it. So he did. Yeah. Okay. So it's in good hands. I mean, yeah, he, he again, wrote it is... with another one of the writers from the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, I wasn't a fan of the show, so it's not for me. But if you're a fan of the show, this looks like it hits all the buttons. Yeah. And it's going to give yeah. what you want. Like, John, because I'm with you in remakes and reboots and or, or you do origin stuff. It's like, oh, like, yeah, they're, they're doing something. I forgot what they're doing now. But I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't want to get into that. Okay. We won't get into that. <laughs> I, 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 I had flashbacks of Uncharted, and I'm like, oh, yeah, what's, oh. what's going early again and doing the origins? Oh, yeah, Uncharted. Okay, yeah, that turd. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. God That's... almighty. I'll come back to the Geek Buddies, and we'll discuss that when the trailer drops for that gem. All right. So musicals, mafia, maps. They maps. use maps in Uncharted. You, you're oh, stretching, McClung. McClung. <laughs> there you go. Check. Yeah, well said. <laughs> well, and Michael, of- Vogel. <laughs> Michael, perfect. The Many Saints of Newark uh-huh. will be coming out in theaters, and I believe on HBO Max as well. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be October first. October first. I know. I'm, I'm going to hustle hard to get an early copy of this one. They're I doing see. so. They're doing it's theatrical ending. with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. they kept pushing it because they wanted to drop them in the theaters. Yeah. Very I thought for sure this would go HBO yeah. Max, but the fact that they're pushing it means they might have some faith in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to something else here, and that's the uh, Fast 9 box office numbers real quick. If you haven't seen Fast 9, well, you're one of the rare people that have it. It made $70 million over the weekend and op- opened in 4,200 North American theaters. Holy crap. That, and, and the and the $70 million is the biggest start for a movie at the U.S. box office, not just since COVID, since 2019 Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So that's insane that it's opening at those kinds of numbers. So clearly, this franchise still has a lot of legs. On the ninth installment, how many franchises can say that? It's pretty incredible, uh, and, and and Quiet Place did well as well. But when you look at this thing, it, the, the, the crowds here, it was 60% male. So that means 40% of the other crowd were female, with 51% of the ticket buyers being under the age of 25. When you're a studio... And your ninth installment, a a majority, even though it's 1%, a majority, 51%, is is under 25. That means you've got multiple installments to go here. And and this thing still has a lot of life in it. Uh, So 37% of the moviegoers were what? Hispanic. Suck it. 35% were Caucasian. 60% were black and 8% Asian. Again, we represent constant uh, uh, patronage of movies and multiple times give us some love for the for fuck's sake so pretty incredible stuff here what do you guys think 70 million dollars i mean they already said they're shooting 10 and 11 the madness of this they go out into space i'll be dropping my spoiler review for it tomorrow after i go see it again tonight what did you guys think uh, of this 70 million dollars uh, opening for fast nine well, you know, everyone has been waiting for that movie that was going to get audiences in droves back into theaters. Yeah, and based right. off of those returns, it looks like Fast 9 was the one. Now, in terms of my personal taste, as Kalinowski said, not my cup of tea. Mm. I, I saw the first film. I saw the third film. I saw bits of five and six. 
And it just doesn't, it just doesn't resonate with me. I mean, I know John, you had said how much you loved the ninth installment. I really did like Hobbs and Shaw. Like you and I went and saw that together. Yeah, that was what? I enjoy. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that movie was a blast. I mean, Jesus again, Christ, going in, going I can't in. With you guys, I cannot with you guys. <laughs> hey, you'll get you'll get your turn. Hold on, I'll get your chance. <laughs> going in with nothing invested, which is which is how I went in. I'm kind of like I don't know. I like The Rock. I like Jason Statham. I I am aware of this world. I like Idris yeah. Elba. Like let's let's go and have a good time. Was it ridiculous? 100%. Do I ever need yeah. to see it again? Not really, but I had a blast with my buddy John and uh I, I can't say I I'm going to go see Fast 9. I pro you know, it will just it will depend on on scheduling if I happen to have a a pocket of two and a half hours to be like sure, let's let's go see it just so we can have an educated viewpoint on the discussion. <laughs> but I uh, what I, but what I am glad about is that there we now have that movie that got people back into theaters and that yeah. hopefully I mean, I mean, I don't know what the restrictions are right now with all the, you know, the, the Delta variant going on. I, I'm, I'm presuming they're going. You might have to mask up to get into the theater. But either way, I'm just glad people are going back to the movies again. Yeah, yeah. What, do, what do you think, Kellen? I'll ask you about this news that it made seventy million dollars. I, I don't tout it like everyone is. I, I okay. think like they're, they're trying to like, oh, it, it did so much better than than Quiet Place Two. It's like, yeah, if Quiet Place Two came out this weekend it would have done that. Like this was the movie that like we feel it happening. Like at yeah. work, we're finally not wearing masks at universal. Mm -hmm. Like a week ago, we were still wearing masks. So things have changed. Quiet Place came out a month and a half ago. So I, I don't tout this. Like what is its numbers compared to Hobbs and Shaw on its opening weekend? Did it trump those? Uh, well, like that's I what I would know. know. Like let's Let look see. at its last film, Fast sure. 8 or whatever, and see its opening weekend numbers. Are they comparable to that? You know? So again, I'm with McClung. I hate these movies. I, okay. I, I try, people are like, go see five. And I liked five. I did yeah. like five. So I went back for six. And then when it was like a 10 mile runway, I'm like, nope. Mm -hmm. Then I went to seven, just like, let's see. Then nope, I didn't see eight. Hobbs and Shaw was absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to say this because I can talk to you guys and I've got a soapbox for a second right now. A sure. lot of people say this whole like it knows what it is and it just does it. Let me tell you something. Every movie <laughs> knows what it is. Every filmmaker, when they make a movie, they know what they're making. So I have a problem. And this is what I say to John and many of mm. the pundits and our friends and whatnot. Like, please, I just enjoyed myself. I just detached my brain. And I don't care that John Cena has got a zip line that goes all across Scotland and makes no effing sense. But yet. I'm going to say this. Wonder Woman, a magic stone that grants wishes. Well, how do the people get back to reality? If she takes his body, where did the other man's body go? Is he being raped? Why didn't you just detach your brain when you watch that movie? Oh, you couldn't do it because you're a little more invested in it. Like this, this, this pick and choose with people when they go to movies and it's just like, I'm going to attach my brain. It's just because of family. How are cars going in outer space? Doesn't matter because it's family and family can go into <laughs> outer space with a car. But Wonder Woman, a dream stone? Well, that makes no sense. What happened? Does people do the reality go back? I don't understand. It's shit. Yeah, go fuck yourself, people. Just detach reality when you go to every movie. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to with... take that personally, but I'll, I'll, I'll counter with you a little bit. No, no. I think, as I said, no. I'm using that because I just recently yeah. watched it, and I remember the yeah. discourse over having to understand what a Dreamstone does in it. And right. it's like, but Fast and Furious, you're in outer space in a fucking car, and people are like, he said it's family, and it just <laughs> happens. It just works. I just detached my brain. No, the movies suck. I'm sorry. They're awful. They're terrible movies. Like, give me an effing break. Sorry. All right. 
Talk. No, I don't think you should apologize at all. Okay, awful. You, you have a right to your opinion. Right. People love them. And if yeah, you love do. them and it makes you feel good, good for yeah. you. I'll right. never attack someone in person like you'd say. It's like, you're, you're wrong. That movie sucks. Like, I didn't like it. This is my feelings. Mm-hmm. Go and love it. If you love it and you sit there and it's like, you want to spend family with Vin Diesel, go be family with Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah. Cool. Love what you love, people. But there don't sit there and attack one movie and the other with the, and you're just like, I just attach reality and it just, it just knows what it is. It just knows what it's doing. It, it, it's a cra- It's ridiculous. And it knows it. Okay. I think, I think we're going in a little bit of a circle. Yeah, John yeah, has yeah, wanted to respond for about two minutes. So fast. It's great. Great. I don't know. That's why I love but, it, man. Hey, okay. $70 million, people, $70 million loved it. Go love it. All right. Uh, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think Kalinowski, whether me and him disagree on a movie or not, and Shannon as well, I don't think any of us ever tell you not to love what you love. No. So that's the thing. And you should not be attacked for loving the films that you love. No. You know, I, I chimed in a little bit recently on uh, uh, my friend over there, John Huey, on the uh, emergency broadcast system. They do the, uh, they do the Star Wars stuff. I'm oh, sorry, the Resistance broadcast system. And he tweeted something about defending the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. And I said... And he said, haters, man. And I said, haters are people who have legitimate concerns. And I put a wink smiley face on it because I'm just busting his balls. But the response by from some of the people were like, you don't know what it's like. We get attacked all the time for liking this movie. And I was like, okay, I get it. I was giving my friends some shit. Uh, I didn't know that it's gotten this bad with free, in, deep in the Star Wars. Because I stay out of that toxicity nonsense on that side of the Star Wars fandom because I don't like it. I don't like people telling other people what to hate. And what films not to not to enjoy, or what films to enjoy, and all that—it's nonsense. That being said, though, we expect more from Wonder Woman than we do from Fast Why? and the Furious because Why? of how Patty, because that first movie presented an intelligent script, an intelligent exploration of this situation, a, a fantastic actress bringing. You got to tell me, Gal Gadot did way better than than Vin Diesel's ever done in any of those Fast and Furious movies. And don't even get me started on the other people in that in those movies. Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman outacted all of them combined yeah. in all those fast movies. So you expect more. That's why it's a case-by-case basis. If I go see okay. Mike Kalinowski, who's first on the roster at his job, I don't expect much from the eighth guy on the roster, but I expect a lot from the first guy on the roster, and that's how well, I judge it. So I, think- I'm not going to judge the show. Uh, in a, I'm going to judge the show in a different way because of the eighth guy on the roster versus the first guy on the roster. So mediocrity, mediocrity should be rewarded? And we should get 10 more of these damn films? I don't like, know. Here's, you know here's I'm not saying it say. should or shouldn't. I'm just saying the public here's, does like it. So. Here's what I say. And people don't like yeah. to say this. You know, they're like, if you don't like something, speak with your wall. Don't go see something. Like, don't tell me what I'll see. I'll see everything. I love Resident Evil, the game. I love mm-hmm. that game. I went to the first film. Oof, it was rough. I was like, let me give yeah. one more shot to it. I went to the second room. It was worse. I was like, I haven't seen a Resident Evil film since then. I spoke yeah. with my wall. I'm not going to go see him. I don't. Right go watch because they're so bad or they understand what they are. It's just like, no, it's like they do well. Like five is good. Mm-hmm. Like fast, fast five, whatever it's called. That's a good yeah. film. It's yeah. still a little ridiculous, the physics of it, but it's still a good film. So they, they can do it. They just right. choose not to. They choose to disregard it and just go, you know, super blood. Idris Elba becomes a Superman. You know, it's like. But wouldn't oh, you be oh. upset if like Captain America did an installment that was very, Fast and the Furious, like, wouldn't you be like, this is dumb? 
this makes no sense. You're undercutting the characters. You're undercutting the the reality of the world that you have worked so yeah. hard to build. So that's what I'm saying. Nobody buys into the these guys were stealing fucking albums in the first or or video cassette <laughs> recorders in the first movie. So the fact that they're in fucking space by the ninth movie is like yeah. okay, whatever. Like whatever. I'm gonna get McDonald's. That's my McDonald's. But with Wonder Woman, I want a nice steak dinner, and I expected it to be really, Fair really good. Fair That's enough, what John. the approach is. But I get your point of view, Mike. I'm not discounting it at all. But I, I'm just enough. kind of offering another. I'm just. I guess yeah. the discourse is how do you people love that for, movie, and you should love that movie. You got a right to love. But that for movie. different reasons than like I, I understand the first mm. film is a hundred percent better than the second one. It's the same mm. thing with Temple of Doom. I love Temple of Doom almost to the point I think it's my favorite Indiana Jones film. Raiders, <sighs> Raiders, infinitely better film. Right, infinitely right, right. better everything about it is a better film i enjoy temple of doom more and maybe that's why i like one in 84 is more, like not more than the first one but it was a sequel that did something different and just didn't rehash what was loved mm-hmm. in the first did it fail on certain points sure will they fix that for the third one probably but i enjoy swinging for the fences yeah nothing plot wrong with hole, that plot yeah. holes are in the eye of the beholder Exactly. If it takes you out of the movie, then for, then for you, the viewer, this particular viewer, it is an issue. Yeah. If it doesn't, God love you. You had yeah. you had a better experience that, than and I again, did. The Fast Furious guys. I'm not saying don't. That's your. If you're watching watching this, listening to it, and you love those films, what, if that brings you joy, mm-hmm. go for it. That's right. all I care about in a movie is if it brings you joy. Just don't attack yeah. someone. I'll never come at you online if you like those films. If you yeah. like Crystal Skull, and you say it's better than Temple of Doom, I'll come at you. Yeah, but that's of, about the only one. That was a hell of a th- uh, thread to read for sure. Um, oh. <laughs> but here's here's where we are with Fast 9 right now. It's at $76 million, according to Box Office Mojo. It is the third highest grossing film already of 2021. We're about to enter July. Just with one weekend, it, it became the highest, uh, the high, third highest grossing film. It surpassed Cruella, which is at 72 right behind it. Mm. But only Godzilla vs. Kong at $100 million is above it total. And Quiet Place Part Two, $137 million. That's an incredible haul for a sequel to a horror film, a 90-minute film uh, that, in essence, has shades of the COVID stuff. If you turn the aliens, Mm -hmm. the presence of the aliens, and the unknown of what the aliens are all about into COVID, if you catch that symbolism, it's surprising that film did so well uh, overall. So shout out to them. For that and conjuring is at 57 and Raya right behind there at six at 54. Let me, Sorry, let me say this just yeah. to give I'll give a little praise to Fast and Furious because hmm. I'm thankful for the film because it is getting it's keeping cinema alive and it's bringing it back in a oh, big way for sure. So, thank for you. For, sure. Like, I'll say that like mm-hmm. any film, whether it's a superhero film or whatever, I just I want all films to do well. I don't yeah. want that film to bomb and because it makes more and more cinema. People are going to theaters and keeping theaters alive. So, right. I think, yeah, thank you for that. And I, I, you know, I probably will go see it in theaters. Just anything I can see in theaters, I'll see because it, it's not that much right now out there. So, yeah, I think that's fantastic that he's getting people in the theaters. And, John, like I you agree. said, the demographic breakdown on that, that's insane. Like, yep. you say black is 65% of the audience? No, no. That- Hispanics were. Hispanics was 35. 35. Um, white 35 uh, white oh no hispanic was 37 white 35 black 16 percent. i think 16 percent. they said 60 percent. i was like 60 yeah, percent. holy crap yeah. so it's pretty that's fantastic pretty, i mean and it's, it's a diverse cast so don't give me that yeah. shit no you know, that nothing you that can't fault sell. those casts yeah, from the beginning yeah. have always been diverse yeah, from the beginning they have they and have. equal with female male representation as well yes so that's they know Absolutely. what they're doing it's just not for me right that's fair i don't know if an m's in that anywhere but 
Machismo. 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 Uh, and just to uh, just to give us a little bit of a palate cleanser, here's Polly Walnuts as a young man. There you go. Here's Polly Walnuts. <laughs> is that the actor in the movie? Or is that the yes. real Polly Walnuts? No, that's, that's the, the real that's, guy. That's the real actor. Oh. Uh, He's always had phenomenal hair. Look at that. Always. Look at that. That's now that's a that's an outfit for Shang Chi. I think that could. He's be. a Coney Island. <laughs> See, put a dragon on his chest. You got you got something there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> and I know we are we are running out of time here. So, so we'll make, are we? We'll yeah. we'll make this last one quick. But okay. uh, over at CinemaBlend.com, Adrian Peterson wrote a wrote a nice article about the bittersweet feel. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's bittersweet feelings about li- leaving the MCU. Like they talk about, they talk about the 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 delaying of the film and basically just kind of her journey through it. And the fact that, uh, Colin Jost, who are, I think they, are they married now? Are they about to be married? Yeah, they're married. I think they're married. How he, how he has, has actively avoided, uh, spoilers during this whole time. But, you know, they go through this, this crazy trajectory that, uh, this decade that Scarlett Johansson has played Natasha Romanoff in the MCU starting in, what was it, 2010 with Iron Man 2 and, and, and yeah. ending with a 2019 Avengers Endgame. Um, and then they, you know, you, they briefly touch on the reviews as well. How, you know, you have people who are like, this is this is uh, Bond for the MCU and people like, hey, it's a good movie. It also feels a, a, a too little too late. Mm. Um, but based off of her feelings, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like that hopefully this movie is going to be a lot of fun and even if it is a little late that uh it's it's a fitting it's a fitting farewell to scarlett johansson's black widow but gentlemen yeah. take it away well uh i saw it yesterday and if if my thing lasts for one more day i'm gonna watch it again later on tonight um and that should tell you that i enjoyed it and i think this film as soon as it was done i immediately wanted to watch it again i didn't have the time but i immediately wanted to watch it again i had a great time with these characters, Scarlett Johansson, I agree that when people say this is 10 years too late, absolutely. But also the timing, I think might be kind of perfect post me Too, really diving into a woman's story that is very prevalent, directed by a female filmmaker with incredible collection of actors, uh, especially a lot of the women, female actors in the movie. It's a great combination of people. Florence Pugh 10 years ago wouldn't have been cast in this role. Get, seeing her shine like she does in the movie, I think, is great timing. And then seeing Scarlett really just embrace uh, being a little bit older with the character, being lived in with the character, understanding the character. So, yes, it's a crime that we never got a trilogy of Scarlett Johansson Black Widow films. But enjoy this one. And maybe down the road, we'll see what happens with other things. Because they obviously don't place this one Right now, it's placed, I think, between civil right after Civil War. So it's you can play games with that time if you want. So down the road, so she may return to do it. Who knows? But I loved her in the film, and I think it, she leaves. I think this is a great way to say goodbye to the character and for other people to step in and reappreciate what she has done and her journey with this character through the whole MCU. Kalinowski. Yeah, uh, like I said with the Shang-Chi trailer, this was the film that of the four this year that or that were supposed to come out in the same year that this was what I wanted. I'm hearing stuff like, you know, it's Bourne meets Bond meets Terminator. Yep. Sold. Like I and I one thing that I love is I hear Lauren Balfi, who was brought in to replace Alexander Desplat with a score. I hear his score is phenomenal. So that's another Dude, thing that I love is stellar, scores. Stellar Kelly. I love stellar I, I, that's the 
one area, there's two areas I think the MCU does falter every now and then. One, it's in their posters, and two, it's in their scores. Like, every character should have an iconic score with these mm-hmm. characters. And some of them, like Alan Silvestri's stuff, is just top tier. And then other stuff really does fall short for me and kind of forgettable. Um, but like this one, so here I'm hearing everything that I, that I would love for this. I hear the action is fantastic. It, it, it's giving me what I wanted in Winter Soldier but didn't get. Those like born spy film fights, mm. the realism. And it, we got like one one or two of those fights in Winter Soldier and everything kind of went then superhero-y. Uh, I mean, in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So this, I'm, I, I can't wait. I got my tickets. I think we're seeing it like twice in one day, McClung maybe. I think we'll that and possibly. Yeah, and then my girlfriend and I have seen it on the weekend. So I'm gonna see it three three times within like a weekend. So I can't wait. Yeah. I think I'm coming up for the July 8th one. I'm coming up for the Are night you? one. Uh, oh yeah, boy. Uh, Vogel reached oh boy. out. So I'll be driving up. So we'll see. <laughs> well, Shannon? Black Widow uh comes well, no, out. What did you think? What do you think about Scarlett Johansson's uh time as Black Widow uh, overall? I mean she was always the character who kind of had to adjust for the movies because she was never yeah. in her own movie. Like in Iron Man right. 2, she was very much the spy. Uh, Avengers, she was kind of the company, the company mm-hmm. gal. You get to, her, her story gets really interesting in Winter Soldier mm-hmm. where you get to, you, you get a hint of her past. You get her sort of internal struggle of uh, what is the, what is the right decision here? Um right. By the time you get to, uh, uh, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the Bruce-Natasha romance, especially because oh, it, it just... I don't think anyone was. Yeah, no. it just kind of petered out. I mean, it, and it just seemed really out of character yeah. for her. But by the time we get her in Civil War, we get her in Infinity War. I mean, her 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 moment in Endgame, I mean, that was, that was heart-wrenching. That was 100% heart-wrenching. So in terms of performance, I mean, she has done... I think she's done a great job every time with what they've asked her to do, and that has that finally earned her her own film, which I'm looking gets, forward to. I don't think she gets enough credit for her work in Civil War. Yeah. If you watch that film, because she has to play both sides of Steve and Tony, and she's really good in that film. Like, yep. Yep. Th- yeah, she's really great in that. Well, well and more she's that following... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. No, good, no, good, good, good. Well, I was gonna say she's following that performance in Winter Soldier, where she's basically telling the government to kiss her ass, and then yeah. she's lit. I mean, Sam calls it out in that scene at the beginning of the Civil War. He's like, "Weren't you just the woman who told the government to kiss your ass?" And yeah. she's like, "Look, with everything laid out in front of me, they might have a point." Yeah. yeah. And more of that is explored in this film. I so can't wait. That, I like that. I like that a lot. So yeah. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll jump in. Yeah, Black Widow comes out July 9th. Um, and uh, of course, uh, we'll yeah. be seeing it. You'll definitely get a Geek Buddies review of that film for sure. Um, and uh, we'll be back in just a second with uh, our main topic here right after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as if we haven't argued about a number of things already enough in the show, let's jump into this. This the happens. Was loud. Sorry. No worries, man. I get it. Um, a little bit of controversy uh, uh, happened yesterday, kind of under the radar a little bit, and then it kind of blew up on social media. This is according to a, a, a Star Wars fan site, Jedi News. Apparently, the new Mandalorian-themed toy line for Lego features the beloved Boba Fett spaceship. However, its traditional Slave One moniker has been changed to read 
Boba Fett Starship. Uh, uh, it is still listed as Slave One in StarWars.com. And speaking to Jedi News, Lego designer Michael Lee Stockwell said that Lego was no longer using the Slave One name with fellow designer Jans Kronvold Fredrickson adding, it's probably not something which has been announced publicly, but it is just something that Disney does not want to use anymore. And they and this Yahoo article connects it back to uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek saying that they want to pursue universal values uh, when they approach their content now uh, going into Star Wars and anything they do. And of course, this is what led them to release Gina Carano from the Mandalorian. Um, and so you look at, and of course fans reacted and the loudest of them was this gentleman, Mark Anthony Austin, who played Boba Fett uncredited in the 1997 updated version of star Wars, a new hope. That's the one where Han Solo walks over to uh, Baba, uh, uh, Bob, whatever his name is. Uh, his Java. Tail. Java. Java's tail. <laughs> Uh, that's the one there. But yeah, he came out and he's on a, he, he, that's one of the rare acting things he's done. He uh, works as a, 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 vi a visual guy for a couple of things over there at Disney. But his uh, tweets here, went on a little bit of a tweet tirade was like, my ship will forever be slave one. Nothing, not, if, not even Disney Canada will change that. This is the way. Uh, then he said, hey, war sounds harsh. Uh, let's change the franchise name to Star Disputes. And then laughs at his own joke in his tweets. Uh, and then he says, I hope nobody buys this newly misnamed, misnamed franchise. I vow to not give a single dollar myself. Now, if it's packaged, Slave One, I might. So this is such an interesting conversation to have here because I understand why Disney wants to change it. Um, and I wonder what was the impetus to finally make the change? Because we haven't heard like this, uh, you know, movement or this petition or anything like that that's been loudly talked about. And this was done quietly on the toys. I don't think they expected it to blow up as big as it did before they made an official announcement, but now it's changed. And by the way, Slave One is never uttered in the movies. It is never called Slave One in any of the movies. So this was just a, a moniker given to the ship. Uh, Kalinowski, I turn to you first. You love to you have- You go me first? Yeah, you love to have strong opinions on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, buddy. Uh, talk to me. Is this woke? Is this cancel culture? Or do, or do you understand the reasoning here for children taking that slave one out? Okay. Um, I tweeted it. Uh, oh, how do I broach this? <laughs> There's a time and a place for everything. And some things have certain, like some things need to be addressed in pop culture. And Song of the South with Disney. Sure. needs to be addressed and needs to, Hey, I get what it is in history, but it's just not right. Mm -hmm. Slave one. Was it hurting anyone? Was where, where children of color looking at this going, dad, why is it called this? Or were they just like, that's a cool ass starship where who I want to know who the exec was that goes, we're making this change with, cause I guarantee it's probably some white guy. I'm mm -hmm. guaranteeing it was probably some white guy that's trying to, do the Disney umbrella of everything is, you know, whatever. Um, like in Shannon, you made a great point, buddy. Slavery is a huge part of star Wars. Mm -hmm. Anakin and his mother were slaves. Are we changing that? Are we going to go into that now? And someone made a great post. They posted Alec Guinness is, is Obi-Wan. He's like, I need to, and he had like microphones in front of me. He's like, I just want to say to the people, I apologize for referring to them as sand people. The Tuscan Raider are a indigenous species and they deserve that respect i shouldn't call them sand people like he's a bounty hunter he hunts and captures people and sells them that's what he does it's yeah. not a color thing he's mandalorian got an alien at the beginning of the first season 
you know, and froze him and sold him. I think this is so nitpicky. There's so many bigger issues if we're going to go for things that should be right and addressed in pop culture. And and this is just like Michael Vogel said this great to me one day. He was explaining he doesn't feel all these people are angry and like woke culture and you're taking this away from me. You're taking that away from me. I don't think they are as angry when it comes down to it. Like you guys might have been there. They were talking about football and it's just like Mm -hmm. some guys, they just want to have a beer on the weekend and watch their football. But now they can't do that because now they're saying, well, the helmets and the concussions and we need to address this. And he's like, what? My football, I can't even watch now. So I see a lot of people upset about this, but it's just like they probably didn't care about the other stuff. They didn't care about Karana. I was like, okay, we Mm -hmm. get it. Now you're going after the name of a damn toy that's not even said in the movie. Why? Why? Okay. And okay. is this going to be now in the comics? Is it going to be called not called Slave One anymore? Like because the comics, the books, it's so stupid. Why? Okay. Was it offending anyone? Was it hurting anyone? Like I don't see anyone coming out for this. Like I can't okay. sometimes with this shit. Sorry. No, please. This is I what we're doing. We have the discussion. It. I don't get it. I like Song of the South. Yeah, Carano. Yeah, address that and deal with it. Um, yeah, Shannon, this is this is on, uh, and I, I take, of course, we all take Kalinowski's points, but this is also on the heels of them, you know, in 2015, removing the title of Slave Leia from some of the stuff they did in their, uh, that, when they I were don't even remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, in 2015, there's no longer Slave Leia on any of the toys they sell with that design uh, anymore. Of course, they overhaul Splash Mountain and Jungle Cruise. And then also was it in, in the Pirates of Caribbean ride, right? Getting rid of the redhead and making her like a, py- a wench and making her a pirate queen or something like that. So um, this is where they're looking. He said, Bob Chapek said, for val- the universal's values of respect, values of decency, values of integrity, and values of inclusion. And this may be happening, Shannon, because Boba Fett, who has been seen as a villain, Therefore, it was okay to call the ship slave one. Now they're kind of redeeming him with Tamora Morrison stepping in here, Mandalorian uh, season two, and then giving the book of Boba Fett. Maybe they think now that he's going into a hero place that this isn't something that a hero would name their ship necessarily. What do you think about this? You know, I I do kind of like the the concept of slavery in the Star Wars universe has always existed. Like that has always been a thing. Bounty hunters are not known to be good folks for the most part so i figured that the name of the ship made sense now as you said it was never uttered in any of the films i don't know in the clone wars or if any of the animated like i know in the uh the extended universe like they do talk about it because at one point boba fett pilots slave two because slave one is gone um I, i i personally don't see the issue with this I've not heard anyone come out on the other side of the argument. I haven't heard yeah. anyone. And again, this kind of this this whole thing, as you said, John, kind of flew under mm-hmm. the radar. Um, I've not heard the other side come out saying, thank goodness they finally changed the name of that ship. Mm-hmm. Now, I look at it from a creative standpoint, like, OK, is his journey as a character in the book of Boba Fett going to necessitate a change to the name of the ship? Is that something he's actively going Maybe. to do? Now, yeah. if that is the case, that's a different argument. Right. But at the moment, it just seems like, oh, we need to we need to uh, get this term out of the Star Wars universe. And mm-hmm. I don't know how that's possible 
when again, that's what Anakin was. That's what Shmi was. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. I mean, but but also, and I can see the other side of the argument as well. Like the the folks kind of up in arms about this. I mean, especially yeah. the guy who played it in the in the special edition when he said like, "It'll always be my ship." Well, the ship wasn't in the first Star yeah. Wars. I don't you're, think you're uncredited, pal. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you you yeah, it it's not the name of your ship because you didn't have one. Right. Um, well, you got to remember <laughs> with this guy McClung. These Star Wars guys, these actors, yeah, they into that fandom. They, like you got these guys that played an X-wing pilot in one scene that doesn't have a name, and he's at conventions making hundreds of dollars. These Star sure. Wars people with these, like he's that's his thing, and it's like I mean, but isn't he also like a isn't he like a visual artist? Yeah, he did. Like, he did yeah, I mean, character because he literally he he was a guy that they threw in the costume to look at the camera for for one scene. Yeah, um, but still. I mean. I mean, I don't know if he does the convention circuit. I, I have no idea. Uh, but the, the fans up in arms about this, it's like, is this that big a deal? I mean, to me, it's not. It's kind of like, okay, that I, I don't understand why you made that decision. I don't necessarily, but I don't have an issue with it as well. It's like, okay, sure. You want to change the name of the McClung, ship? Change the name of the ship. Yeah, but you have to look at this point. If this was by itself randomly and we weren't going through everything we go through the past couple with cancel culture and wall culture, I don't think people, but it seems like, it's just yet one another thing. Like, really? Now we're changing the name of a ship? Mm. Like, I, I'm looking right now on Hasbro's page for the toys, and they're coming out with what's called HasLab, where they, they take pre-orders and build, because these build these giant ships. They're doing a, a Boba a Mando ship, and now they're doing, it's listed as Slave One. Mm -hmm, Star right. Wars, the vintage collection, Boba Fett Slave One vehicle. So if, you know, and maybe if they had done, like, hey, kids' toys, the Lego stuff, no. In the comics, we're keeping it. Because, again, it's never really mentioned. We don't talk about it. Well, and maybe that's what a lot. Maybe that's what they're doing though as yeah. well. I maybe mean, it's maybe, just yeah, the like packaging. All ages merchandise that yeah. that. Yeah. But possibly. in the comics, it's still that. Yeah, maybe I think that's right. Case. To go back and retcon this name out of existence, it'll never work. I mean, yeah, there's too much right. stuff out there. And there's yeah, too many Slave Star Wars Leia. fans. Yeah, exactly. Slave Leia was a nickname. This is an actual right. name yeah. of a right. ship. And so yeah. there we go. Now, that being said, neither one of us are black. Uh, and so we don't know what really? that has hey. been like. And 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 I understand, of course, I take all your points and, and totally see where you're coming from. Uh, Billy D. Williams has reprised his character of Lando Calrissian in 2008 on Robot Chicken. And he said this line during that show. He said, I have to say, Boba, this is one beauty of a ship. Not crazy about the name, though. So even back in 2008, there okay. was media where a black actor who played Lando Calrissian was pointing out that having an iconic character have a ship that echoes 400 years of slavery that has happened in this country. And yes, we can say it's out in Star Wars and blah, 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 and Shmi, but like it's not, when we think of slavery, when you hear the word slavery, you don't think of Anakin Skywalker, you think of slavery here in our country. And since we're the creators of this merchandise, creators of, well, I don't know if it's made in China, made in Japan, I don't know, but we're the yeah. creators of this uh, franchise here in America, uh, maybe these people feel a responsibility. And I do hear your point that I haven't heard the other side complain, but maybe sometimes they don't have to. Maybe it's okay for some to be a little more uh, forward thinking to be like, you know what, let's change this thing. He's going to be a hero. Let's just call it Boba Fett's spaceship and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have to be like the Washington football team where only until, only they got, when they got threatened by investors who are going to remove their ads from the team did Dan Snyder all of a sudden say, you know what? Maybe it is not good and cool to call us the Washington Redskins. Like, well, that's, that is that's, huge. that's bullshit. Right. And, and but that is like bullshit because that's not real. That's not actually authentic. Someone yeah. being proactive, that's possibly authentic. And I appreciate that. 
I do take your point. I do understand a lot of Star Wars fans who are upset about this. And I do take your point as well, Kalinowski, that it's a ball of stuff that is happening over and right. over and over it's again. It's just so much. And this is like, like yet one another thing. It's like, really? This is what you're going to change now? It's like, come on. You got to kind of pick and choose your battle sometimes, I think. And, and this yeah. was one of those ones. It's like, I don't think it's worth it. But hey, well, again, I, white guy. So it doesn't. But again, I look at it in the terms of it's not. Well, it doesn't mean you it's don't not a G.I. Joe vehicle. It's not a G.I. Joe where it's in this world and it's called slave Cobra slave ship. Right. It's Star Wars. It's a galaxy far, far <laughs> away. God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Cobra <laughs> has a ship called the slave trader or something like. Yeah. You don't do that. That G.I. Joe. Get in there. That. Yeah, change that. No. Yeah, Cobra, G.I. Joe, get in my slave trader. <laughs> you know, but like Star Wars, it's no. a galaxy far, far away. It's 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 slavery is a huge part of Star Wars. It is. Anakin, the lead character, was a slave. Yeah. Bought and sold. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm I'm just an old white guy that's becoming more and more crotchety <laughs> as the years go on, dude. I talked to McClung about this. I was I like you know, when you were younger and you saw older people like, man, they're so, they're so crotchety. How do they get that way? And now I'm getting that way. I was like, now I see it. Of course. Now I see it. Well, we've I'm lived a life. Back. We've lived a life. We have. We have. <laughs> you know, friend, when we you have. live a life, you have a whole different perspective. We have. Real, for sure. For sure. That doesn't so mean true. we can't learn things, but we do have a different perspective. And I It's tougher to learn them. I get it. Uh, Shannon, any final words on this one before we wrap it up? No. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, we all grew up with Star Wars. We all have an ownership of it. It is it is owned by a private company. Yeah, <laughs> you know they spent a lot of money for yeah. the uh, for the ability to change that name. So at the end of the day, is changing that name going to get you off of Star Wars? Probably not. Mm -hmm. um, so that's you know this, this this is the cost of doing business. Sometimes you know <laughs> sometimes ownership changes hands and decisions get made that you may not agree with but at the end of the day john is always going to be a washington football team fan am i right yeah yeah absolutely i won't be a redskins fan but i'll be a washington football team fan for sure yeah, yeah. which sucks but it's I the mean, game for me it's always going to be slave one am i going to go wear a shirt that says to me it's slave one no i won't you know but you can guarantee a comic one or you yeah. can guarantee a comic-con next year you're gonna see oh, it'll yes. always be slave one to me i oh, yeah. guarantee it i want to see will i own a shirt like that never will i say anything like that no but i'll call it slave one when i'm talking about it oh, like oh you got a slave one toy that's pretty awesome i will say for mandalorian season two when we did talk about the show i never referred to it as slave one as hey, oh see i talked about it i thought it was <laughs> oh no i was just like oh man slave one the way we find out slave one the inside cockpit shifts around is like oh like i did call it that a lot interesting okay. that's yeah. fair man i didn't i good i didn't notice that so uh, great to see that shannon for sure but you you know so it's 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 obviously you can hear, see both sides of this situation yeah. i think i think where i'm at is if you're going to make this kind of decision make it stand out front take the hits and make it and say officially it is no longer called this we're going to do it this way not go kind of passive aggressively through the toys to see how you, people react to kind of numb the reaction yeah. and then make the decision i think that's what the that's you think in the the lore of disney star wars that that is now like feloni and them when you're writing you know this stuff it's not slave one anymore you're oh, gonna absolutely. find a way to create a name for it because it's gonna, like that to me is the problem if you find a way to change that name and it's you have to write it into the story then it's a, like, all right, this is, yeah, yeah I mean, because the ship is there. Book, Book, Book of Boba, that's going to be it. in that movie. It's going right. to be in there or that right. series. So yeah. 
We'll find out in a couple of months, in a couple months then, I guess. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, anything. All right. Uh, there we go. That's uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you all so much for watching or listening to this week's episode of the geek buddies. And of course, a massive thank you to Mike Kalinowski for joining of course, us. Thanks for letting me soapbox boys. Absolutely, brother. It's always good to hear your points of views. Uh, please, uh, where can people find you and what do you have to plug? What do you got going on, my man? Uh, I'm plugging myself at Mike Kalinowski on Twitter. I got I got some a, something very big in the works. I cannot still talk Ooh. about it because uh, it's just not ready to go yet. Uh, okay. But we're getting close. We're getting very close to being. I, I know I've kind of teased it a little bit before. Uh, I think maybe by the end of summer uh, we'll be wow. looking. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So and I will happy happy to talk about that when it happens. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Awesome. Uh, Shannon McClung, uh, what do we have to tell him? Yeah, you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter. It's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow the absent Michael Vogel, it is at MK Tune. <laughs> if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. And that's right. And do all that definitely on social media. It's really important to follow us and and, and promote everything we got going on here. And please, if you are uh, watching or listening to us, I can't come up with a clever segue like Michael does. So I'm just going to tell you, please leave reviews, subscribe to the podcast feed, leave us comments down below, subscribe to the channel, the Outlaw Nation channel, hit that bell. Uh, and give some love to everything we've got going on here on the channel as well, please. Uh, and as I said, go and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us reviews. Leave us ratings. It elevates the visibility of the show. Elevates it being suggested to other people. Those are all positive things for us here on the Geek Buddies. All right. You all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.